What's up, guys? Corey Kingston here from the Drum Brigade. Oh, yes, I am back with the Acceptance Podcast. I haven't done one of these in a very long time, but really excited to do one today for you guys. And um, it's a little bit different of a format. Of course, if you guys listen to the Drum Brigade podcast, it's going to be totally different. So um, whether or not you guys are here for that or not, anyways, we're here. So uh, anyways, uh, I'm going to be talking to a good friend of the Drum Brigade podcast, actually, and a good friend of ours, one of the Drum Brigade members, team members, whatever you guys want to call it. But um, we're talking to our friend Kevin Aguchi today, and uh, me and him are discussing uh, his journey as a professional drummer, becoming a professional drummer, and then maintaining that um, and, and what it takes, hopefully, to become a professional drummer or, you know, be a better professional drummer. So um, me and Kevin had a really good conversation and, uh, yeah, we love that guy at drum brigade and he's a fantastic drummer as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this um, episode before I jump into the interview with Kevin though, I do want to just tell you a little bit about drum brigade and um, a little bit about what it's about. Obviously, if you guys listen to the drum brigade podcast, you hear me talk about it all the time, but, um, the foundation and the basis for drum brigade is it's all built on acceptance or belonging. And our mantra is camaraderie over competition. So um, we believe that we you should never feel inferior doing what you enjoy doing. And for that, for us, that is drumming. So um, we always feel that, you know, we should feel our best. And in turn, when we don't feel inferior or don't have that inferiority complex, then we play our best. And so um, that goes for whatever you do in your life. So um, we believe in that, we support that, we promote that. So in everything that we do, whether it's these podcasts or our merch or our lessons or anything like that, it's all in the name of camaraderie over competition and acceptance. Um, so if you guys want to support that, um, you can visit drumbrigade.com or you can um, check out our merch store or you can take lessons with us or you can do a lot of different things. So just visit drumbrigade.com and... Um, and then, uh, yeah, check it all out. We got some cool new things coming up in the works for this uh, this year, this new year, starting in January here. Um, actually, starting with this episode. So, um, Acceptance Podcast is back and um, doing a little bit more interviewing with other guys. And, you know, it's built on uh, mindset, growth, and growth mindset, I should say, um, positivity, all of that stuff. Um, so unfortunately no soapboxes on this one guys, but, uh, um, we'll get back to that when we do the drum brigade podcast, most likely next week. Um, so, um, you guys have any questions or you want, have any requests or you have anything like that? Just, uh, use the contact form drumbrigade.com that comes directly to me. And then, um, yeah, we're happy to answer questions on the show. Um, or if you have any like requests for a guest or anything like that, don't be afraid, reach out. Um, we're happy to hear from you guys. If you guys could leave a review for us, that would be um, wonderful as well. That helps us move up on the roster as far as, um, you know, like on Apple Music or anything like that. So, all right. Anyways, guys, that's all the things I have to say about that. Um, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get into our discussion with Kevin Higuchi. Oh, yeah. Acceptance podcast from the Drum Brigade. Um, I'm here with a great friend of ours, friend of the show, <laughs> and uh, he's come on the Drum Brigade podcast many a time. 
and um, we're happy to have him in a different um, setting here, not so candid and just to learn more about his story. So um, yeah, please welcome the Gooch, Kevin Aguchi. Yeah. What's good? What's good, everybody? <laughs> man, welcome. Um, thanks for doing this. Um, it's kind of impromptu, man. I just hit you up yesterday and was like, hey, can you uh, come on and just chat a little bit with me and talk about like your your story and we never really understand like we never like the drum brigade podcast is always just like hanging out and drummers just being drummers you know but we never really like talk about how we came to do what we do and how we make it work man i think about that all the time like how do i how do i make this you know i i make a living and i have a place to live and i drive a car and have nice equipment and stuff. I'm like, how does this, how did I get here? You know? So I think it's interesting. Um, and everybody has like similar stories and then different stories. Um, so, you know, right now you are, um, you know, you're, you're touring pretty regularly with Jeff Rosenstock among others. You're, you know, like a pretty heavily, you know, hooked up dude, like Aquarian drum heads and sonar drums, right. And Sabian cymbals and, um, you know, so you do a lot with the drum community, finger on the pulse always. You're always watching drum videos and know a million other drummers and all of that stuff. So, like, talk about what you're up to right now, and then we'll go back. <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, I just actually got back home from a short tour with Jeff. Um, we were just kind of hitting, like, the last markets that we hadn't hit and so it was we were basically ending our record cycle so like we did like weird places like um las vegas and reno and santa cruz you know like kind of like they're close to bigger markets so but it was really fun um but so uh, i have a new record coming out that i played on with jeff next year in 2023 um i also have uh, a new record that i played on that's coming out with ajj um that'll be coming out um yeah next year too so I'm excited about that. So next so year. by next year, do you mean like 2023 or 2024? Yeah, yeah. I mean this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 2023, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. hard. It's it, it happened all so quickly. We got we got here faster than I expected. Yeah, same here. Same here. That's really awesome, man. Like every time I see you on Instagram, you're either playing some like rad looking show or you're like eating cookies. <laughs> it's like it's like your thing, you know. It's like it's and it's all great i'm always interested like oh what's eating now you know <laughs> <laughs> there's so much good stuff out there and when you're on tour you get exposed and you find stuff and you're like ooh, you know people yeah. don't know about this right <laughs> yeah well that's really cool so um so you know being this day and age in 2023 being a professional drummer um full time you know like not doing anything else for work but playing drums or teaching drums or, you know, making music, playing music, you know, being in the entertainment field, whatever label you want to put on it, um, is not always easy, first of all, to get into. Um, there's this whole other rant that I have on the Drum Brigade podcast about, you know, social media and there's all these, these waves being made in, in our community about what makes a professional drummer if you're famous on instagram and you make money off of that does that make you a, a professional drummer if you play gigs and you have grammys and you do all this stuff does that make you a professional drummer um but for you i'm kind of i want to get into all of that and so why don't you take us back to the beginning of how you even got started in drumming how you got started in 
like maybe performing live or playing, you know, starting to make your living off of that. And then when you decided and how you decided, dude, I'm just going to do this, you know? Sure. Um, uh, first things first, like, it's funny because like you keep saying professional, but it's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't feel or consider myself a professional, but it is what I do for a living. Um, so, uh, and th that's kind of the cool thing about it, about playing drums. It's like, it's a blessing, right? Like, it's like, it's just, I've been infatuated with this instrument since I was like a really, really small child. So the fact that I get to wake up and that's what I think about every day is it's a blessing. It's great. So that being said, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful for that. So that's important. Um, but so my parents told me that I always just been infatuated with drums. We'd go to like Disneyland and I wouldn't want to ride rides. I just want to like watch the drummers that would roll up and I'd, they'd be like, we're wasting all this money because you don't want to like take advantage of Disneyland. You just want to watch drummers. But the drummers were sick. You know, I was like into the aesthetic and like the, I, when you I, I still get it when i hear like a live drummer even if it's like unmiked it's just like a drum you're just like ooh, you know there's something s special about that so i was always attracted to it um i started playing drums when i was like five but i was too small to reach the pedals so like i had to like wait um and then i started getting serious like when i was six because i could reach the pedals and i got lessons but then i hated it i hated drum lessons drum lessons were just like I don't know, like it didn't, it wasn't fun, you know, I mean, it felt like homework. So I quit playing drums wow. um, after like six months. And then I got into other things, you know, like Taekwondo. And then uh, I, when I got into junior high, my best friend at the time was, in, was the drummer in our stage band, like the jazz band at my junior high. And he had to go into like, um, get his like bag or something in the band room. And I was like, oh, I know how to play drums. And he's like, no you don't i'm like yeah i do so he's like play me something so i sat down and i played some some beats that i remembered from when i was six and then the band director ran out and he was like why aren't you in band and i'm like oh i didn't i till now i didn't even know we had a band uh and he was like well you should be in band i'm like well can i be in band with him he's my best friend and he was like uh i don't know he's like he's in the top band and i'm like well i mean I'll, I'll be in the band if I can be in band with him. And he was like, do you mind? And my friend Brian was like, nah, dude, that'd be great. And so I joined band that next year. And uh, after that, so I really think that my interest in music and drums came from that band director. His name was Mr. Tyler, Randy Tyler. Um, rest in peace. But uh, he was just such a good influence on me. Like he um, immediately saw that like, I was like really interested again. It like came back like immediately. Like I didn't even look back towards Taekwondo. That was over. You know what I mean? Like it was drums now. Um, and then we like traveled, did like jazz festivals and stuff like that. And I was just, I got to see the Yellow Jackets live like that year. And Will Kennedy is like such an insane drummer um, yeah. because he's got chops. He's got insane pocket. And like the Yellow Jackets were like on fire. This was like in 92, I feel like. So like they were really big. Mm -hmm um and i was like oh my gosh and that's kind of when i realized i was like man i would love to do what he's doing you know i'm like these guys make money playing music and i was like that seems very appealing and so at that point um i think that's where i i was like yeah i want to do this and my that band director he really cultivated it he like would make me mixtapes of all sorts of stuff and that's how i learned about like chick korea and dave Weckl, um tower of power you know, just like the jazz that was popular at that time. Wow. <laughs> which was which was very fusiony, you know, but uh 
man, it had great drummers and it exposed me to Vinnie Caliuta and Dennis Chambers and, you know, all the cats from the 90s that were like really just the rock stars of that world. I feel like um, that's when, sorry to cut in, but that that's that when drumming became, I guess it's always been like that, you know, like before, you know, like, you know, in the 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s, you know, like Tony Williams and, and Buddy Rich and all that, people were like, wow, those guys are like the drummers, you know, and then in the 90s, though, there was like this resurgence of like, just crazy, like drummers just being a thing. It was like, suddenly, like drummers are paid attention to like, like Eddie Van Halen or something, you know, like, there yeah. it's like, now all these, these dudes are like, you know, big names and cruising around you know, where they're like, so like low key celebrities and stuff. So it's, it's funny though, how much, this is why I love doing this because our stories are like parallel in so many ways. Like every drummer I talk to has a similar yeah. thing where it's like, it starts at a really young age. You're like, you don't know why you're just like, dude, I'm obsessed with this thing. And I, there's a feeling inside of you that has to come out, you know? And that was exactly how it was for me. And like, and then, you know, my journey towards that and you know and how you ended up in band and seeing and then having that epiphany moment of like this is what i want to do i'm gonna do that you know and it's similar for me i had the same same thing that you know happened to me that's a different another story another podcast but i find that really interesting um that's really cool so from there when you got in that band um and your your school band and you started doing jazz festivals and stuff like that obviously you were improving that helped you to improve your skills and stuff like that. Um, so what was this a, a high school jazz band or junior high school jazz band? Yeah, it was like eighth grade. Eighth grade, wow, eighth okay. Grade, yeah, yeah. And then so um, from there, I, um, just, just on a side note too, I think this is uh, my first, what I was talking about earlier, is like my first encounter with like branding. I think in the 90s, Yamaha drums, Zildjian cymbals and Vic for sticks were like, like the first taste of branding that I'd ever seen. You know what I mean? You would see like these ads in drum magazines and it was like baseball cards for kids. You know, you see Vinnie Caliuta behind a recording custom drum set or like Dave Weckl's album cover of Master Plan where he's behind yeah. a huge drum set and you're just like, the like see-through one right <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like it like the recording custom still is like um i don't know just like uh i don't know how to explain it it's like when you when a kid sees like a like a like a ferrari or something and they're just like so true oh, one day you know <laughs> so true <laughs> it, it, yeah it was like i didn't know what it was at the time because i was still young but it's like dude they were just like branding like they just knew what they were doing you know um, and it captured everyone. It was like kids, adults, everybody saw those ads and they're just like, Oh my God, you know? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So back to, um, so from there I, I, uh, went to high school and then I was like, okay, I'm going to be in band in high school. And so, um, I, I just kept going, you know? And then at that point you start getting exposed to like kids that are older than you and that are like better than you, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And so, uh, in my town in San Jose, um, for some reason, a lot of the kids my age in high school, there was a huge like musical theater scene in my city. Uh, so a lot of the kids that I knew were doing musical theater, uh, but also with that, because of that, there was like this really, really good um, children's theater group that had that performed in this like beautiful theater that I actually just went back to for a wedding recently, and it like kind of blew my mind. Um, but uh, when I got into high school, I heard about like 
some kids my age doing those gigs because they would, you know, they need musicians. And so I, that was my first goal. I was like, okay, these people are making money playing music. So I was like, I need to get into these gigs. And so luckily my junior of high school, uh, I got a new band director. His name was Gus Cambites, uh, who's still a dear friend of mine with the same birthday. Wow. Um, but he was a, a music, he was a musical director for a lot of those shows. And so he just started hiring me for all that stuff. He hired me before he was my band director too. Like when I was probably like 14, 15. Um, but, uh, it was cool because it put me in like a very professional situation. And I, even though I didn't realize it, it was one, I had to be able to read music to learn. So I had to step that up. And the best way to learn to read music is just do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So and in the beginning, I think my band director knew that I wasn't a very good reader. So he would hire me for these musicals. But before I would get there to the rehearsals, he would float me the CD and be like, listen to these, you know, get a feel <laughs> for them, you know, get ahead of the game. And then that kind of started connecting the dots for me. It, I would be like, okay. And when I would see it in the, in the music, I'd be like, oh, that's that. And then that's kind of what music is. It's like recognizing visual recognition and then your body just does it. Um, so it was learning to read music. It was learning to work with like a music director, you know, like taking direction, uh, learning to not to like, you have to play what the musical and the music, musical director wants, not just what I want to play. Um, so it taught me like that kind of restraint. It just taught me like how to be professional without being like, this is how to be professional, you know? Right. Because the majority of the musicians that were working in these pits were adults. I was always like the young kid, but I think they were paying me a little less because I was younger. So they were saving some money, but it like, it just got my foot in the door. So like, I really, and I was into it, you know, I was just like into playing with older musicians because I felt regardless. I, I mean, I, I probably didn't know at the time, but if they were good musicians or not, they felt good to me. So it was pushing me to be a better musician wow um so i did all that kind of stuff like all throughout high school and i would do like uh you know like two shows a month and they would be like two week runs and it was cool because like you do these tech rehearsals and then you load into the theater and your drums get all mic'd up and then you do these performances but it's almost like you're not you're in a pit so you're not like performing in in front of an audience so it's like low pressure you know uh, yeah and, uh, I just had a lot of fun doing that. And I was also, you know, I'd make like 500 bucks for like two weeks. And, you know, when I was 15, 16, that was a lot of money. You know, I was like, I'm going to buy gear, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and still like earning money and then buying gear with it. I was like, okay, this is like, it gave me a taste of like what it could be like if this was my job, you know? Um, and yeah, that, that really like lit the fire. And I was like, okay, I, I really want to do this. And then, so that was that and then there was a facet of me that still loved like fusion jazz and jazz so i was trying to like play jazz gigs with you know local musicians and i was in a addition to this band called the grammy band um and it just like brought all these jazz musicians from high schools all over california together and yeah and that that exposed me to like these other musicians i think the the biggest growth i ever had was as soon as you see a musician that is just so far beyond you you're like oh my god it just makes you work so much harder because you see where the bar can be and you're like whoa i need to get there you know so it really like uh it really lit the fire for me to go and practice and like play with other musicians and man there's yeah. so much there's so much in there for you know people that are aspiring to be professional drummers or or um you know younger musicians that you know I, I don't know like like again we live in an age where you know you can post some 
cool chop and and then become famous or you know have lots of followers or um but you know it sounds like that was like your first experience with you know being making money off of playing in such a cool um setting but you had to also work with it work for it you know you had to know the material you had to be disciplined you had to read the charts you had to put it together and you probably didn't realize it at the time but that was refining you to you know starting laying the found the foundation for who you've become now you know yeah i mean i think younger musicians are the thing that they don't have to worry about is they have like social media so they get exposed to everything and everyone really quickly whereas me i was like man i was just like thirsty and hungry for it but like you know i had to go find it you know yeah uh the other thing that kind of changed things for me was uh back in high school i was doing the good old guitar center drum off i don't know if you remember that you know I did it too. yeah of course uh, yeah so like i that was just the thing i would work on every year and i think that's what cultivated me at least trying to balance my playing with like professional work or whatever and then chops just like straight chops you know and i grew up in the bay area so like i was around these shredding drummers like really early you know like justin brown used to do the drum off with me and thomas pridgen had already won it but he would come hang out and i used to go to the nam show with him and just hang out and i was like man why is this guy who's so much younger than me so good at drums you know and it's because you know they get exposed to it in their church scene you know they see these drummers shred and then they're just like they go home and practice they get it you know um i remember and so like i was doing that all through high school like the first year i did it when i was 14 i went to like the level where you win the drum set it was before they had the national level and i took fourth so my parents wow. were like, okay you should keep doing this and then finally i think when i was 18 i won the drum set and then i went to the nationals in at the house of blues and i lost wow um, really that's yeah yeah it was a really cool story too like so cool. for, for another time but like yeah i like uh i got to meet like Vinny and caliuda and dina gretch wow experience so even though i didn't win like the experience itself i was like i think i did win you know like i yeah i felt like it was a good experience um what was i talking about oh yeah so the drum off you know what i mean it like it it forced me to like push myself as far as like chops and like because i would go and compete against these older dudes and i was like man they're so good and i think i got a little slack because i was so young you know what i mean like i wasn't as refined as them but i was still trying to do things like um that were difficult you know and i think the judges were like that's cool you know even though he's 15 years old um the one thing that the drum off really taught me and also my drum teacher at the time his name was dave gary um what he taught again rest in peace Um, but uh what it taught me was he was like hey so you're gonna go and play a drum solo and there's gonna be 10 drum solos tonight so the only way you're gonna win this is if you go up there and do something where at the end of the night when they're thinking back of all these solos you don't get lost in the mix you got to do something and you got to be original and at the time um he helped me figure this out i i kind of felt like i was one of the first guys to go up there and i just played it in seven eight you know what i mean <laughs> that's a good idea and for like a you know like a 15 year old and you start like oh he's playing in seven and i established it really clear so that they're like it didn't sound like i was playing like some weird loping beat it was like he's playing in seven eight you know what i mean yeah so um and that like really it kind of like taught me something for my whole life it's like you you have to be original you have to be remembered you know what i mean and uh it it applied in all sorts of ways in my life some silly you know like when i grew my dreads out like super long <laughs> like that was part of it too but you know that's when i met you when you had your dreads and i thought that yeah. was 
coolest thing that that leads to another <laughs> question but we'll get to that in a minute yeah yeah um so yeah and like it's like all kind of like it all adds together in like this like stew of things that kind of help to develop you as, as a musician but uh the main thing was was like you know there's like no direct like payoff immediately from all that stuff there's a lot of grinding right so you're just like doing things and it was all because i just loved playing drums and that and playing music and i think the gratitude was just like being able to do that stuff and like not just feeling like i'm just wasting my time or something like that i felt like it was actually my life was progressing because of drums and i think that was important man those those payoffs too that you have when you're younger you know when you play a show that you just you're just like dude i'm doing it you know or you yeah. like like you won the the drum off the guitar center drum off and it's just like oh my gosh those those accomplishments like they go so far when you're up and coming and and, and those are milestones you know um that's what propels you to keep going you know and like that's that's really evident with with your story that's really cool it's so crazy again how much how similar we are like i i went to the first round in here in in uh in uh, san marcos and then i won that one but i just didn't show up for the others i was like ah whatever i don't want to do this is lame even back then i was like camaraderie over competition man like <laughs> even i mean even then though too like uh there would be points where my parents would be like no like just go have fun like because i there were times i'd be like i i just don't want to no i don't want to do this yeah. you know what i mean like you get anxious and you're young and you're like like you're going into the, the next round and you're like the drummer's gonna be better there's no way i just like barely skated through this time like why right. would i and they're just like why are you thinking about it like that like don't you want to play drums and like my dad was like isn't the drum set nice that you're gonna play on at this competition i'm like yeah and he goes isn't that cool and i'm like <laughs> yeah i'm like awesome. yeah you're right let's <laughs> let's let's go you know <laughs> wow yeah that's yeah man that's that's really cool man i'm like you know and i'm glad that he he did that with you because like dude you <laughs> you've become like a really you know like i noticed your style right away when i first met you and then i heard you play we were, we were teaching at the same place and um but i i want to talk a little bit about that so let's shift gears a little bit um let's like in in that comment that i just made about like your style and all of that stuff um so obviously you know that helped you we can go back to it too if you want but like that helped you to you know become a professional drummer where you were using this as your profession i want to get back to that on that transition of like i don't know if you've ever had like a real job like i shouldn't say real job but like like for me i was in construction for years and i was trying to balance drumming and construction at the same time and i worked my way up to being a contractor and i just got so burnt out on that and there's a lot of other stories that go along with that but you know it wasn't really like a decision that i made to just stop doing you know, construction and go 100% to music. But as far as you are, you know, like, do you have, uh, did you have any, you know, traditional or what is the word I'm looking for? Standard kind of usual jobs in this world? Or did you straight from like guitar center drum off, just start playing gigs boring and, <laughs> and <laughs> well no like so that was all happening the guitar center stuff was during high school so um when i graduated high school my parents were like you have to go to college and i was like okay so i went to san jose state and i was like uh i was a i was changing my majors a lot but i ended up as a journalism major okay but i was still like 
uh, I was marching in the marching band and I would still play for the like the ensembles at San Jose State. And because like they knew I liked drums, they still gave me like keys to the practice rooms. Cool. So I was like very involved in the music program there, but I wasn't a music major. Um, but so um, basically when I graduated high school, too, is when things kind of graduated for me playing like musical gigs and stuff like that. I started seeing all my friends playing in bands and playing venues and stuff like that. And my focus shifted to that you know like being in a band you know so i think it, it graduated more from like trying to think of myself as like a hired hand musician to more of like i want to like be a collaborative musician i want to write music and be in a band and you know play shows um and so i was doing that all through college and i i had like a progression like i would be in i joined one band because it, it i was like oh okay people have heard of this band and like they can play shows at this venue and that sounds cool and then it just slowly started getting like, oh, this band is a little bigger than that. This band's a little bigger than that. This band tours. This band has a record deal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was in college, my junior year, I actually joined this band called Insolence. It was like a rap rock band. Um, they asked me to audition. I auditioned. They asked me if I wanted the gig. And they were on Maverick Records at the time. So it was like a major label. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And they were like, I was just starting the spring semester of my junior year of college. And then I auditioned in that. I, I, I remember this so well, just driving home from that audition being like, all right, I have to tell my parents tonight that I'm going to drop out of college. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I remember sitting at dinner with them and I was like, um, cause I didn't live at home. Uh, I was living with my sister. So I like went to have dinner with them. So they're already like, why are you here? So I'm like, I need to talk to you about something. And so I talked to them and they were very supportive. You know, they've always been really supportive of me um, as a musician, but they were always like, music, music is so um, shaky and unreliable. That's why they're like, you have to go to college. They, they always called it a fallback plan, you know? Um, but they were like, okay. Um, they're like, how long? They're like, what if we give you a period, a time period where you can try doing this, and if it doesn't work out, then you'll go back to college. And I was like, see, I was twenty one at the time. I I think I told them give me till I was twenty eight. I don't know why I picked that age, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, give me till I'm twenty eight. And they're like, sure, fair enough. And literally, oh, I, so I reasonable. Dropped, yeah, yeah. I dropped out of the school, and then I uh, I like literally immediately, like two weeks later, I, I had to go to L.A. to like record with them. And like we were in like a really nice studio in like Glendale, you know what I mean? I, it was like the first time I'd ever seen like Cartage. Wow. Like worked with like a real producer, and I was like, "Dude, this is it! Like, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this now. Like, this that was like the most professional I'd ever felt, you know? And uh, uh, like we did a, a interview for like a Japanese magazine, and they did like a profile on me, and I was like, "Dude, I'm going!" And like everybody around me in LA, like all their friends were all doing it, and I was like okay, this is it, you know, but, um, as one will find out as you do the music industry, you know, especially in the band world, like it is a, you know what I mean? It's yeah. a wave Up and down. of ups and downs. And, um, I, you know, I, I stayed with that band for a really long time and I, I rode through it, you know, multiple record labels and going to indie record labels. And yeah, I, I, I left for like, personal reasons you know because like i started realizing too that when you're in bands you got to kind of align yourself with people that are the you know like similar to you and i felt like some of the people in the band weren't doing it for the same reason as me it wasn't always the music was the number one focus you know sometimes it's just there's just other things you know what i mean like people get caught up in 
and especially in like the rock music world you know mm -hmm. um there's a lot of like glitz and glamour and bs in that world and i don't know like at first i was really into it i was like this is cool you know but then i was like this is not sustainable and um it didn't really represent me like the way i feel as a person and a musician so i you know i had to live i had to leave and that is basically what brought me to san diego because like i feel like a lot of the things i was doing in my hometown and i was teaching like a lot of drum lessons i was teaching at a drum shop i was teaching like 30 lessons a week wow um so like i, I was covering ends you know what i mean i was making money and i was touring and but it wasn't like i wasn't happy you know like i wasn't like content i didn't feel content and so um i like picked up and left like in my early 30s and just moved to san diego with no wow. plan just because i had friends here and because um my my community my music community in san jose was like suffocating and shrinking because like the arts were dying there because tech was taking over um and all my friends my closest friends that were musicians were leaving so i was like why am i staying here you know um had a relationship that ended too so i i got out um and it brought me here and i think and um uh, it was a a big moment though because like it also goes to show that it's like you have to endure like i said it goes ups and up and down right you have to endure it. and i was at a low point i was like not happy with music and when music isn't making you happy that's a scary thought you know because it's like at up until that point i had dumped my whole life into it you know and i was like fully committed to it and I was like, it just didn't feel right. And I'm like, uh oh, did I make a huge mistake with my life? Like all this time that I lost, you know, uh, but I got here uh, and then I like just started to, to rebuild again. But, but the beauty of that was um, I was in a new community. I had no plan, but because of that, I just said yes to everything. I was like, this gig, yes. That gig, yes. Do you want to teach here? Yes. I'm like, I need to in order to like make ends meet, you know, so and because of that i taught with you and i got to meet you you know what i mean i met all yeah. the musicians that i know in this community and um the current gigs that i have touring now weren't from san diego but they were like a uh, a result of me changing my life and then also um basically saying yes to everything that's i think great. that's a yeah i think that's a huge thing um that I think I have to say, it's like, you have to really, in order to, for it to be like your career, you have to be able to like dedicate yourself to that um, and say yes to everything. And sometimes that's kind of hard, you know what I mean? Like if you are in a relationship or you have a family, you know what I mean? Like those decisions that you have to make sometimes, sometimes can come off as a bit selfish. I, I understand that, you know what I mean? But I knew when I moved here and I wasn't in a relationship anymore, <clears throat> I had the freedom to do that. I could just focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't like trying to get back into a relationship and that kind of stuff until I had my career back where I wanted it to be. And right. so I had to have that freedom to be kind of selfish and think about just my career. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's like the way, but that's what it had to be for me. Right. And and so then, yeah, yeah, like I had to like rebuild everything else around it. You know what I mean? It's all a means to, I, you, you've toured and you've been gone from home forever. It's hard, you know, like. Yeah, it's not any easier with if you're married though, man. <laughs> Trust me, it's even yeah. a little bit harder, I think. Sure, sure, yeah. It's like, yeah. And I, I mean, it's hard too, because sometimes in the beginning when you're touring a lot, you're not like making a lot of money, mm. but there's a, there's, 
a goal and a light at the end of the tunnel that you're working to right and uh sometimes that's hard to explain to a partner you know yeah and uh, there's so much in there that's like useful information for people you know um dude i can't even yeah that's like and it's as same thing i keep there's like a theme going here that like there's so many similarities you know if if you're in this journey right now you're like that same thing happened to me or if you've like you know you're a an a, a, a you know, seasoned veteran musician, you know, remembering your journey. It's so similar though, how much like, you know, I've gone through the same things as you and, and, um, all of us have all drummers, you know, I've told you this a many million times when we are first starting drum brigade and you were coming to sheds and hanging out and stuff, it was like, I would always trip out like, man, you do that too. Like, we're like, it's just a drummer thing. We, you know, you know, that video, you know, you like this, remember this lick, you know, and stuff like that. But anyways, um, yeah, that's really cool. And the, the idea of just accepting work, not saying no, you know, getting, getting your name out there, getting, you know, getting, uh, subbing gigs. And, you know, I talk about all of this stuff in my, and my, um, one of my courses that, you know, sometimes you have to take gigs that, you know, maybe are just, they look good for like your Instagram, you know, it's a big stage, but you're not getting any money or, you know, some gigs, you're just playing a little restaurant or something and you're getting paid well, but you're like, you just got off this amazing tour, but you have to like do this, you know, you have to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that just to make it work. So, um, the fact that you're saying you just, you had to say yes to just like everything to like get you going. San Diego is a really great place to do that. Um, you know, that's not overly saturated with musicians, there's a piece of the pie for a lot of the musicians out here. And I think that's great, but, um, okay. So now shifting gears into, um, you know, like when I first met you, you hear this guy that has these dreads that are like dragging on the floor. They're like coming out of your sweatshirt, you know, <laughs> you like put your sweatshirt on and it looks like a tail, like cruising out of your, you know, dragging on the floor. You could like literally stuff your dreads like in your shoe if you needed to. And um, we were teaching at a school and like, there was like a Ramon song that you had to perform. It was like the teachers were performing. And I just like, was like, whoa, dude, like, this dude's got like the punk rock aggression, you know, the energy, but then like the pocket of like a gospel dude or something like, what is this, this like Asian dude with dreads? Like, what is this guy? Like, who is this guy? Um, and I talk about this all the time with my students and with my, with in my courses that like, I always talk about your product. Like, what is your product? Like your, your, your own product. So if we think about like, like, Travis Barker, he has like a thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I always use James Brown as an analogy too. that, like, you know, Prince stole from James Brown and, and, um, you know, like Michael Jackson took from James, everybody took from James Brown and like, they're not stealing from him. They're just borrowing things that they like about him, making it their own. And then that's their product, you know? And so for you, you definitely had that factor to me when I first met you, where I was just like, dude, this guy, this guy is so brigade, like so drum brigade. Like, I just got to go chat with him and be like, yo man, like I dig like, not even like you're playing. It was just like, I just dig like your style and like, you're just so different. And then you're playing on top of that was like, bro, your playing is like on fire as well. So long story short, I know I'm just like, like just 
talking a lot, but long story short, do you use that? Are you, are you, first of all, aware of that? You have to be, (laughs) but, um, do you use that as like your branding, your product, your, um, you know, what gets you hired or what gets you, you know, like bands interested in you, you know, and like, what is it that you use to get, you know, the maybe like noticed, um, you know, um, hired, you know, intrigued people, all of that stuff. What is your, do you have that? And, um, what is it that you use to maybe not your process of finding gigs? We'll get to that in a minute, but just talk about your style and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, it went, it goes back to like what I said earlier about like learning the lesson of like, just trying to be original, you know? So like, um, but that kind of came from, um, like, I kind of think about music now is like almost like language or like vernacular. So like, if you like imagine like if you were hanging out with a bunch of people who were like at a hip hop show, like the way you speak is a little bit different than like if you were at a, a jazz concert or something like that. And even like that, I say like a hip hop show and a jazz concert or something. You know right. What I mean, like there's like with the jazz world, there's like a little more sophistication that you're trying to portray, but so I kind of think about that when I approach music too. I want to be as like legitimate within the style as I possibly can. Um, even down to like the way I hit the drums or tune them or what kind of drums I bring, you know, um, what kind of sound, because like, I think that's a big thing for me is just sound on, on the drums, like how I'm getting sound out of the drums and the instrument to be appropriate for like whatever gig or music I'm playing. So, um, and then once I kind of like started really getting into like being like artistically and stylistically legitimate, I'm saying it like I am, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know what I mean? But, no, I, I call that um, genre authenticity. Like you're, sure. yeah, you're, you're yeah. playing the, the appropriate thing for the appropriate setting. Yeah. Yeah. But then at that point, you've got to be original to like who you are as a person and a musician. So then I was like, that is like me being like, where can I slickly and appropriately kind of like put stuff together, you know, like add some chops into like something that would be normally very simple or something, you know what I mean? Where it's like not obvious and not like, um, it won't like, it won't, you don't want to draw attention to it, but like if there's a musician or another drummer watching, they'd be like, Ooh, what was that? You know, like I like that kind of stuff. And um, it's also kind of like when you go to a restaurant and it's like, okay, this is like French food, but there's like Japanese influence in there. Yeah. I don't know where, but like you can just subtly taste it or like there's a vibe. I, I think that's kind of cool in music as well. So that's kind of like where I kind of approach it, you know? Wow. It's very interesting. It's very cool. <laughs> and it, it got my attention. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> among others. And so, um, okay. So now let's talk about like the now of like, um, maybe, um, how you've always done it. Like you talked about moving to San Diego, just uprooting your life, um, you know, coming from the Bay area and, you know, you didn't just drive down here and then suddenly your phone starts ringing you know, um, maybe it did, maybe you called I it, advance. I know. <laughs> but you know, now I'm sure it's a lot like a lot of other musicians where you don't have to, you know, um, make a lot of phone calls. Maybe when it's slow, you know, you 
send a text or a few, you know, Hey man, I'm, I'm free this weekend. If anything comes up, let me know. Um, so like, but you know, maybe a lot of people are like, Hey man, are you free this week? I have a gig. I need you, you know, or you maybe you work for a few different companies, obviously Jeff Rosenstock, when there's a tour that's, you know, approaching or looming or whatever, it's like, you know about it. So you have your ducks in a row now, but before that, how did you go about getting gigs as far as finding the work? Like, Hey, I'm a drummer in town. How did you, how did you start getting to where money started flowing in? Okay, so I think the key word that I realized when I moved here and I and I had to rebuild my career was like finding your community, like your community of like musicians or friends, um, because once you find that, like, I don't know, there's like a, a sense of security because like you feel like you're taken care of. So like um, my immediate community when I got here was the jazz community. You know what I mean? Like the first thing I did was like, okay, where do the jazz musicians hang out? And luckily in that world and community, there's always jams, open jams, you know, which is like something we're all familiar with. And it's a good way to just get exposed, you know, like, so what I did when I first moved here is I literally went the old school way and I just went to Kinko's and I made business cards with my yeah. phone number, my email on it and my name and that's it. And, um, and I jokingly was like, oh, I'll, I'll give them the girls too. You know, it's <laughs> to get the girls so they can have my phone number. Kill two birds um, with one stone, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I literally just like went to open jams and went to like, and then, uh, you know, sat in and got gigs from that. But then also met other people that I liked the way they played and I would go to their gigs and I would meet the musicians that they played with. And then it, it spread from that beyond jazz though too i met people that were like in ska bands and i met people in reggae bands and i met people that were doing top 40 and it's like it all it all like there's common roots and everything right so um and as soon as a community realizes that you were a either just interested in that kind of music or that kind of lifestyle they'll they'll generally if you're a cool nice person they'll like welcome you in with open arms you know what i mean um i feel like the days of vibing and and like trying to intimidate people I'm, I'm hoping those are over you know what i mean like i that was really big in the jazz world and it like when i was younger and going to jams it like stressed me out and gave me a lot of anxiety and it sucked but it also like really helped me grow you know like it made me like aware and be like okay like you got to step up if you want to do this you know like you have to be like outside be like okay i'm gonna go in i'm gonna sit in tonight i'm gonna play well you know like i have to like deal with this like anxiety and this nervousness but like i want to play well too you know like i want to represent myself so you know i still go through that when we've been at a jam together i'm like i don't want to sit in man don't ask me to sit in <laughs> we all do. you know i i think what what is good is like you have to just find where your strengths are so like in a jazz jam situation if i were like talking to a young musician that wanted to go and i'd be like learn a tune that you are a couple tunes that you really like and you really know really well so that if when they when you get up there they're like what tune you want to play you play a tune that you are comfortable in you know what i mean so right. you're not just like what's happening which you happens to the drummers so often they're like ah you'll get it and it's like no i don't know this song you know <laughs> so true but it's also that is a good lesson on like just like learning how to fit in there too you know like i like to challenge myself with that too when i'm practicing and i have nothing specific to practice i just put on spotify and I just played a songs that I've never heard before. And you just like have to try to, you know, the, that, that game when you're Absolutely. on a game, you're playing a song that you don't know and you have to kind of predict and you're like, okay, it'll be a chorus here. And then sometimes you're like, oh, there's an extra bar there. Or there's like a two, four <laughs> so bar there. But, but then you catch it the next time, you know, and you're like training yourself to just be alert to that. 
where sometimes you can just hear the way the song was written and the progression. You're like, oh, they're going to do something weird here. Like, this is going to be a shorter phrase and it's going to go straight to the chorus. And then you're like, yep, I was right. You know what I mean? Like, man, um, yeah, that that is probably like the biggest way that I work as a professional drummer is just knowing that kind of stuff. What you just said, like being able to practice that. You know, I, I I still do that. I'll go live on, you know, YouTube and put on the Spotify like drumless tracks and just be like, never heard this one, and try to try to get through the song. Yeah. And uh, man, that's that's seriously how you can work as a drummer. Going in and being good at that, you'll get hired and rehired to you know either sub or just maybe even get the gig. You know, based on that. Yeah. Yeah, because I think what that is, it's like having big ears, right? Like being able to listen and be aware. But like what people don't realize is like that's you being like present in the moment in the gig too, which I think a lot of musicians often sometimes will forget about and they just kind of phone it in or they get lost in something. When you're present, like uh, musicians that you're playing with, if they're present too, they will take note and they will notice. And that is like a huge thing because they're like, yeah, I want to work with that person again because they are present and aware. And that's like, that's a huge thing, you know, like that people take for granted or just kind of glossed over, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a, so that's a big one. So the way that it started, the way that the ball started rolling for you had a lot to do with networking and like showing up being just being seen. Like if you're new in an area being like, I'm going to this jam, I'm going here. I'm going to be just like you said, being productive, you know, like handing out cards, even though it's like, dude, it might be outdated, whatever, you know, it's like, that's what got you there, you know? And then that's how the ball starts rolling. Um, that's and also what- going to other people's gigs too. Like not only just going out because I'm trying to get a gig, you know what I mean? Like also remember like you like music too. So like at the end of the day, even if nothing happens, you still got to see music, which is inspiring and it helps you and your psyche and all that good stuff, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Um, so now speaking about modern day, like today, like, you know, how you keep it going as a musician. Um, so um, like I just mentioned, you know, we're not, you know, sometimes you're looking for a new gig, you're looking for something new, you're looking to sub, you know, or do this or do that. So it never really ends. But um, especially living in a social media, you know, type world, um, how are you maintaining being a professional drummer and keeping the lights on and keeping a roof over your head when you're, you know, not on tour? Yeah, I think the the big thing uh, to keep working is to make sure that when you do get the work, like you just I so when I first got to San Diego, all the work I was getting was subbing for people, right? Because that's that's what was available. They'd be like, Oh, like, are you available to do this? Like, this person can't do this. And I'm like, Yeah. And my goal, not trying to be like arrogant or anything, but my goal when I go to a gig is to try to play it better than the person that was supposed to do it in the first place. Like, <laughs> like I'm not I'm not trying to steal the gig, but my personal way of thinking and of trying to be the best I can be is to try to just be better. That's so funny. (laughs) And it's not just the playing. It's like showing up early or, you know what I mean? Just being, and then being like a good hang and not getting in the way, trying to help out. You know what I mean? Just like, so that again, at the end of the night, when all the musicians are done and they're just like, they remember you. They're like, man, that guy was a good hang and he, he helped out and his vibe was good and he was present. So man, I'm sorry. That goes a a long way. One of the bullet points in this course that I'm like working on is literally like verbatim that like 
learn to play the gig. You're not trying to steal a gig, but learn to play the gig better than the guy whose gig it is. Meaning you're a breath of fresh air for the band. Like all their complaints, you came in early, you're smiling, please and thank you. Professional equipment, have the tools to do the job, like all of that stuff. It's so funny that you said that. And it's like, that's such a big part of being a professional drummer and being like a professional musician, you know? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if like, like then you'll, you'll like kind of secure that you will always be like that first call for sub. They'll be like, yeah, worked out perfectly. Call right. that person, you know? Um, so yeah, that, and then also like, just, um, again, like, I, I think like, especially when I'm not on tour, um, it's just like staying in touch with my community, you know, like, as soon as I come home, I go to my friends' gigs and I want to see like what they're up to, you know, and like just and staying nice and like and connected in touch, you know, like when people, you know, hit you up for gigs and you can't do them, just be like, yeah, I, I'm I'm not available for this, but I'm available for in the future. But like also like, do you want to grab lunch or something when I'm home? Yeah. You know, like just stay, stay in it, you know, like because like I'm not I don't just look at like musicians around me as work too it's like again it's community it's like a give and a take and um they look out for me so i want to do my best to look out for them as well yeah you know yeah Man, super great super awesome um what you're saying is straight up truth man if you're listening to this and you're like how do i do it that is exactly what it is um okay one of the like a couple more questions here so um you know, like you, like you mentioned, being a professional musician, professional drummer, especially this day and age has its ups and downs, you know, like right now, I don't know about you, it, it's a slow season for, for all of us right now, you know, January, February, there's, there's not really tour season. It's like holiday season. And we're all coming off of our new year's gigs and being like, okay, so, uh, need a gig, uh, you know, <laughs> like this is when we can also be really creative and, you know, work on new projects and all of this stuff. So anyways, talking about like mindset training and, and mindset work and all that stuff. I don't know if you get in, you know, you pay attention to that at all or, or whatnot. We've talked about it a little bit, but how do you stay, keep your head like straightened out when the times do get tough as a musician? And like, what do you, what do you do to, um, you know, just keep it positive, keep it productive, keep it fun, you know, not turn it into like, a dark moment, you know, <laughs> you know, some of us it's, it's stronger than others, but you know, for most of us, we go through the struggle of the slow season, or maybe there's no gigs on the books or, you know, maybe, you know, stuff like that is going on. So how do you keep it pretty level and keep it, you know, where you're still enjoying doing your, your profession, your job? Yeah, I think, um, one thing that I feel like I'm, very grateful for it. I'm, I have the privilege is like, I've like kind of earned the right to like only take the type of work that I want to do. You know what I mean? Like there are definitely gigs and work out there that are like, they feel like work, mm -hmm. you know, like you're still playing music and it's great, you know, like, I, I, and I'm, I'm being spoiled here by saying that, you know, like, cause like every gig is a blessing. But so I think it's important that you work hard to get yourself to a point where you are only doing the the types of gigs where you are getting fulfillment from it like so what do i talk about like the big three right like it's like good hang good art or like music and then good pay right, right. um and you, you want to work to the point where like the pay one isn't really like that 
it, it slowly kind of disappears as even being an issue. You just want to make sure you're getting a good hang or a good musical experience from it. So that's one thing I like. It's important to me because I feel like if I keep that, then I won't burn out. You know what I mean? Because I definitely I have experience. Like I told you, I got to a point where I like I wasn't happy with music. So it happens, you know, like I'm a pretty positive person, but like it, everything can get the best of you if you just don't keep it in perspective and keep it balanced. Right. So that um, I also think it's important to like if you feel the waves of like timing and stuff like that, like you always you got to budget yourself. You know what I mean? Like when you are making good money or whatever, like put some away, you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe I'm saying this. My parents would be like so proud of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, it is important, you know, you gotta, you gotta budget. I think that's something that we don't talk about a lot as musicians, you know, like, but I try to be transparent, you know, like if people ask me like what kind of money I make or like, like what, how do I do this? I try to be transparent about it because like, I think it's important that people know, you know, like I think it's important people know like how to do that. And also too, to hear like, maybe so you can figure out what you're worth. You know what I mean? Like that was a weird thing for me. You know, oftentimes have you ever been called for a gig and then they're like, how much would you want to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I literally don't even know. Even when I was broke, I'd be, I'd be like, as much as you can give me like yeah <laughs> as yeah. much as the budget but like you know like i i just at this point too i feel like the music industry is a very karmatic area too so you want to like make sure that like you're it's balanced I, I, a lot of times when like i've maybe done things for free or been like i'll just do whatever you need that works in your budget mm -hmm. uh that'll come around at another point that same person will, will be like hey i got this other gig and the budget's huge and i remember you were like in so right let's do this. you know and so like that that kind of stuff you know goes a long way but like i said i had to like earn that that kind of privilege to be able to be that way you know where like right. money wasn't always the issue so what was the original question uh yeah just how you're you're keeping it that what you said was spot on though exactly what yeah but but anyways um like keeping it level keeping it positive keeping it um in the dark times or the you know the low moments of music what are your what's your mindset what do you do to to just keep it keep it going and not be like forget it i'm quitting i'm giving up on this i'm done you know yeah. what is your thing to you know keep you balanced i also think um it's really important since like i am in my life i am really busy a lot of times where i'll be like oh my gosh i have so much booked i don't have like i'm on the road a lot so like i don't have a lot of time to like focus on my home and personal life so i feel like when it does slow down it's kind of a blessing and a good time to like start focusing in on the things that aren't involved in my music life you know like my my personal relationships and my friendships and stuff like that my family um because you know like if i have time off and like there's no work what better time to go do things that don't involve music you know what i mean like right. you know when you're really busy you're always complaining like oh my god i don't have time to do all this other stuff and it's like well why am i not going to do that stuff when i don't have work? yeah and so um, <laughs> just try so yeah like again it comes back to like setting finances aside so that you can just do that you know like and i just like got through like a huge chunk of time where i was super busy so like i'm really content right now with just like focusing on like my personal life and then you know you'll you'll get gigs they'll they'll get in there as soon as you like you come home as soon as you start showing up people's gigs they'll be like oh he's back <laughs> yeah, he's back. so yeah like 
Yeah, their their question is always like, "How long are you here for?" And so, right. you know, yeah, yeah. So if you can say like a good amount of time, then it's cool, you know. Musicians cool. too. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and it's cool because like I always say, like, yeah, I'm home, so like let's hang. And yeah, I mean let's hang, but I also mean like let's play some music together as well. Right. And local musicians or like musicians that are just like you know playing around town, love working with touring musicians they love when you get home and they're just like he just got off tour and you know like he was playing all over the world and you know it makes them you know look better and, and they're stoked that you're here to play with them so yeah it's really cool okay so um let's do this last one here um uh i'm a young person you know and i'm i'm in high school and my goal is to go to school and become a professional drummer. My goal is to be huge on YouTube, be huge on Instagram and to tour with, you know, a modern metal band like math rock metal, you know, good singing band. So I just start taking, I'm like, well, this guy tours with one of my favorite bands, Kevin Aguchi. He tours with Jeff Rosenstock. I just saw them on whatever tour. <laughs> Warp tour is not a thing anymore, but you know, like something like that. And I'm going to take drum lessons with him. It's my, one of my favorite bands. He's already out there doing it. My goal is to be just like him when I grow up. What's your advice for me as 14 year old Corey, who just saw you play and I'm ready to be like, I know how to play drums. I'm not very good yet, but my goal is to be a professional drummer. What advice do you have for me? Well, the first thing is always just like practice, right? Like you got to practice. You got to just like, you got to make sure oh what does steve jordan say like luck is when preparation meets opportunity so mm -hmm. you've got to practice to make sure that when the opportunity arises for you you are fully armed and ready to go so that's like the first thing um the second thing was i'd be like if someone was telling me that i'd be like whoa man you just said a lot of stuff like that you want to do right like and i i would be like realistically like youtube itself is like a career in itself and it takes the attention and the time just just for that so it's like you know i think you can do youtube and like instagram and that social media stuff all together but i don't know you know i'm not really great on that kind of stuff but i'd be like i think it'd be really important at this point if you just prioritize what is important to you and focus on those things you know what i mean like um because what i've noticed with like a lot of the the mu musicians that i see that I do like the youtube or the social media thing they focus on one platform like if they're if they're focusing on instagram they don't even mess with TikTok or mm -hmm. youtube you know what i mean it's kind of like an afterthought um so i would say like yeah sometimes i i, I do meet a lot of like musicians and creatives that are like jack of all trades master of none you know and i'm like yo you're so talented just like i'm not saying this is the way but maybe for a little period of time focus on one lane and like try really hard in one lane pick a lane that you love too because it's it's not always going to be smooth right so like yeah make sure you like you love what you're doing um but yeah yeah just just i th i think the simp the simpler you think about it the better it's almost like when you have like a bunch of chores to do or errands to run and you're just like oh i'm so busy it's this, today is gonna be crazy <laughs> but like if you like write them down and then look at them and like kind of make a game plan and then check them off as you're doing them 
it's like not that big a deal. <laughs> right. You're right. like, yeah, like you're like normal people do this kind of stuff, right? Like laundry, Target, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, but like if it's all weighing on you at once, it's a lot. So like, like just focus and simplify, you know, like even if it's just drums alone, you're like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta learn to read music. I gotta, I gotta build my rudiments. I gotta learn how to play with a metronome. I have to learn all this music for this gig. It's like, you gotta pick one. You know, like, especially in like a practice session, like just scratching the surface on all of those is not going to be as productive as like trying to hit one or two pretty hard. Right. So, yeah, I always like say, take a step back, simplify. Yeah, man. Great advice. Um, great advice. Great story. And um, man, legit. <laughs> so it's so cool. It's, it's, it's funny, too, like coming from, you know, from you, like we've talked so many times, but I never knew your your real history or your real story and it's like it's so cool i'll have to tell you mine sometime where you're it's like comparing our stories it's like you're gonna trip because it's like so similar yeah. <laughs> so funny we're like are we the same age too i think are so you? yeah i'm yeah, 44 yeah. yeah you're 44 okay so maybe you're old i turned 44 in february okay but yeah. uh yeah it's strange though like do you still feel that though too like we're talking about being a professional musician but like sometimes i'm like Am I a professional musician? I've just started coming to grips with that, to be honest. Like I've, yeah, I've we're in our forties. Yeah, I mean seriously. Like I know that I worked as you know I've worked as a prof like a professional drummer is like you know if you if you're using that term to like impress people that's one thing but like really believing it that's yeah. a different story and like for me you know f like it wasn't until because because okay like going on tour and opening for different bands and you know being in a band that's working on you know trying to have some success it's hard to feel like a professional drummer in that situation especially when you're doing you know promotion tours where you're make, making not a lot of money you know but then for me it was when i was not doing anything else and um i think like i went to the bank and i was exchanging currency from a europe tour and the lady goes, so like, how come you have so much, like you just got back from Europe? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a musician. And then she's like, like stopped and like looked at me. And then she's like, yeah, but what do you really do? Hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, like, what do you mean? Like in my day-to-day -day life or like, she's like, well, like what's your real job? And I'm like, that's my, that's my job. I had no other answer for her because there was nothing else that I did you know i don't i'm like well i also do this it wasn't even like that it was just like no i I'm, i play i just got back from europe like i'm you know and so um that's when i really felt like okay this is this was probably a you know six or seven years ago but it was like that's when i was like okay yeah it's true actually i don't like i'm not doing construction anymore i haven't done construction in 10 years or 17 years or something and um so i'm not like you know, a flooring installer who also plays drums. Like I'm only that. And I, and that was a transition for me too. So, um, but it's really cool to me that you have, you know, from a very young age, it was like you were pursuing that and your parents were supporting you, even though you had to go to, to college, it doesn't sound like you had another career that you were pursuing, right? Like you were just like, in it from from an early age yeah i mean I, I always felt like um i was like nothing else i tried doing i could do at the level that i did um 
music and drums. Right. So I felt like I was kind of fraudulent in other yeah. realms. You know what I mean? I was like, I full, never really fully understood what I was doing, whereas music and drums kind of kind of came intuitively to me. It felt wow. natural. So That's really cool, man. That's like, that is not how I was. I was definitely <laughs> the other way around. I felt fraudulent as a drummer, you know, and, and um, for me, I learned a trade from scratch. I didn't know anything about it. And then that's what, that was my epiphany of like, you know, if I put the effort into learning something that I love so much as I did, you know, with this trade that I could care less about, I could really be successful at doing what I love instead of doing what I hate and just doing that because it's my job, you know? Yeah. So, um, well, man, Kevin, dude, thanks for uh, doing this with me and um, coming on the Drum Brigade you know, acceptance podcast, um, in a different light, the drum brigade podcast in a different light. It's not me on a soapbox, but <laughs> you know, me just hearing about you. So that's really cool. And, um, hope you guys liked, uh, Kevin's journey, his story. And, um, you know, if people want to see what you do or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Mr. The Gooch, M R T H E G U C H. Um, I think that's all I really put my time and effort into, but everything I do is on there, you know, tour dates, gigs. Cool. Um, but yeah, in San Diego, just come out, like if you're in the jazz community, yeah, at some point I'll just be there playing or hanging out. So I always think it's funny, like that you're on this like punk rock kind of like rock tour, you know, playing with Jeff Rosenstock. And then you come home and you're playing like the gnarliest jazz kids where I'm like, this guy is like, it's not a chameleon you're just so good in both aspects in any you know it's like it's so cool to see that thank you you gotta scratch the itch you know what i mean like i get home and i'm just like dying to play jazz <laughs> and then i go out on the road i'm like dying to play loud you know what i mean so, yeah a lot of people don't don't realize that you know like you know um me coming off of tour and then going straight to like a pop you know cover band gig and um it's like, yeah, it's, it's how you got to make it work in this industry. So, um, well, thank you so much. And then um, we're going to have you on the Drum Brigade podcast too very soon. So, um, yeah, man. So um, keep on keeping on. And um, yeah, man, thank you so much. And we'll, we'll talk soon. All right, guys. So that was Kevin Higuchi, the Gooch, as many of us know him. A fantastic drummer amazing story and uh, i hope you guys like that so we're gonna be doing a few more of these um and um they're gonna go coincide with some of our um, educational stuff that we're doing as well hope you guys like the content that we put out if you guys do please leave us a review it goes a long way believe it or not as well as um, visiting our website and our merch store drumbrigade.com um, and then our merch store there's a link on there drum lessons have a link on there as well and all the other things that we do. Um, and so, uh, yeah, give Kevin Aguchi a follow as well, Mr. The Gooch on Instagram. And then if you want to follow me or anything that I do, you can visit CoreyKingston.com. And then, of course, our, our good old buddy, our good old pal, PhilPardell.com as well. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys very soon. Oh, yeah. Drum, 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 drum.